Hi, it's Dr. Natalie of the Dr. Go Figure program and welcome to the second podcast. And this one is all about stress. Now, I remember many years ago, and in fact, not even so long ago, it seemed that the more stressed, the more successful you were. If you spoke to anybody, they'd be telling you, oh, I'm so stressed, I'm so busy, I've got so much to do. And it seemed that the busier that you were, the more stressed you were, then the higher regard you were held in. Um, stress equated to status. Um, and I think we really do need to change our opinion on this because actually what we do know about stress is actually how absolutely detrimental to our health it is. Um, stress is actually all about keeping you awake at night with anxiety, being grumpy with your nearest and dearest, not being effective because there's too many things on your mind, having a gnawing sensation at you the whole time because you've forgotten to do something or you've got things to do. Um, and what we now know is actually how stress is massively impacting our ability to either gain weight, lose weight, or not being able to lose weight. So we're gonna do a deep dive into what stress is, how it's affecting our body, and why we need to avoid it at all costs. And what we see nowadays is where once upon a time it was great to be stressed. I get up at four in the morning and I do all of this stuff and I'm super efficient and effective um, and I don't need very many hours of sleep. They're, we're generally starting to change the tune on that one and people are now talking about um, actually I'm taking some me time, I've been to a retreat, um, I need to be more mindful. Um, I think it's a much more positive conversation that we're having now and it's not putting stress at the forefront of our lives like it is some kind of accolade. So more recently, we know that stress is associated with heart attacks, high blood pressures, increased risk of stroke, uh, cancers. It's now being associated with arthritis, which we would have once upon a time said was just wear and tear of the joints. But there's a whole backstory to arthritis that we also need to understand. And stress is intricately involved with all of these aspects of our health and is probably an aging accelerator. So a few years ago, I had a really stressful time myself, but I really felt like I was being eaten alive by the stress. I couldn't sleep. There was this awful gnawing sensation the whole time. I was so grumpy with my nearest and dearest. Um, I didn't want to do any exercise. I wasn't thinking about my diet. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just so caught up in that, that anxiety that stress causes. Um, and it occurred to me that this was just such a miserable way to live your life and there had to be a better way. And it was really at that point that I needed to start looking at how could we actually, um, as, a, as a society, start reducing our stress? What could you do as an individual to start reducing your stress? So I started doing loads of reading and learning about mindfulness and medi um, meditation, um, any, anything that was gonna allow me to get on top of my stress and start living a life that I was much more comfortable with. So really this podcast is all about sharing um, what, what I learned to help deal with my stress, pass it on to you and hope that there's 
snippets of information that you might fi find interesting and useful to yourself. So what does happen to our body when we're stressed? Well, from an evolutionary point of view, we are all hunters and gatherers. Um, and the idea was you would go out and you would hunt your food and this would be a time when you potentially were very stressed. You'd be on the lookout for something that was going to eat you or kill you. Uh, you would be on high alert. Then hopefully you would make your kill, come back to your camp, prepare the food. And at this point, this was really supposed to be a much more relaxing time. Now at medical school, we talk about these two physiological states being um, rest and digest and fight or flight. So rest or digest really was this period after you've had a meal and then you are supposed to be fully relaxed. And most of you can probably relate to this feeling of feeling quite sleepy after a heavy meal. And this is because your body is now switching over to the digestion. It's fully concentrated on, on digesting the food within your stomach, um, eliminating the waste. Um, and it's just a time when we should be in our most relaxed state. What modern life is doing to us, however, is it's putting us on high alert all the time. Now, we're very unlikely to be getting eaten by a woolly mammoth or a mountain tiger anymore, but the effect of an email or our phone going or the doorbell going has the same effect um, on a fight or flight. So we, instead of just sitting there relaxing, all of a sudden something happens and you're like, you're busy, there's a spike of adrenaline, uh, your cortisol goes up and what this is doing is absolutely disrupting that rest or digest when your body needs the time and the energy to actually digest the food. Um, and if we do this all the time, which many of us do, um, I don't know many people who will actually take, take a rest from their work, um, switch off their computer, switch off the telephone and actually enjoy their lunch in a quiet period with some time to relax afterwards. Modern life really doesn't afford many of us that kind of luxury. So what's happening is that we are constantly being affected by our stress hormones, meaning that we're never really getting to effectively to digest our food and we're not storing or utilizing the energy from the meal properly. Um, we're tending to store it as fat and I'll go into that in a little bit more detail. So how does stress affect weight? Well, we've already talked about this idea that you're supposed to have a period of time after eating when you are just, just digesting. And really that should be a minimum of about 90 minutes. Um, however, if you're just eating your sandwich at your computer and a nasty email from your boss turns up, what happens is your stress hormone cortisol spikes up. Now what cortisol is going to do is it's going to flood your blood with sugar. This is available energy for you to use. So if you were being chased by a mountain lion, you'd be able to do a runner. You're not being chased by a mountain lion, but your blood, your blood is now absolutely full of sugar. When you're digesting, you release the hormone insulin and insulin does the exact opposite. Insulin is supposed to be pushing the sugar out of your blood to store as energy in your cells. So insulin stops working, the digestion stops working. Um, you are no longer digesting the food. It is now getting stored as fat. Your blood sugars have spiked, your cortisol is high, your insulin's not working. In the long run, what this means is that you are going to start storing your fat more efficiently 
and you're going to probably get insulin resistance, which is the precursor to diabetes. So being stressed can no longer be a good thing. You have to really think about what stress is doing to yourself and start thinking about carving some time out after meals where you genuinely can give your body the time that it needs to digest its food properly. These small steps would actually make a huge difference to how your body works and how efficiently you can use the energy that you've given it as food rather than storing it as fat. The other reason that cortisol will help with weight gain is because it's constantly filling your blood full of sugar at some point your body just can't utilize all of this energy and it has to start storing it somewhere but rather than storing it in the muscle cells where it's freely available so if you went for a run that's probably the energy you'd be using it get released from your muscles what the cortisol does is it starts storing it as visceral fat now visceral fat is the fat that sits around your organs um, and I always think the best way to describe it is if you ever see um, a really you know fat man sometimes their tummies feel extremely tense. So you'd think it would all be wobbly, but it's not, it's really hard. You touch their tummies and you can't quite believe it's so hard. What the issue for them is, they are storing visceral fat around the organs and it's the fat around the organs, it's pushing the um, muscles out. So all the fat sits under the muscles. Women tend to have more subcutaneous fat, which is that sort of jiggly wiggly fat we don't necessarily like the look of, but it's nowhere near as dangerous as visceral fat. It's the visceral fat that's going to raise your risk of um, heart disease and stroke. So we really have to be super careful about not creating visceral fat, which is what cortisol is brilliant at doing. The other problem is if cortisol is releasing the energy from yourselves into the into the blood it means that you've got plenty of energy running around the blood but your cells have been emptied of energy um, and if the insulin stopped from working which cortisol will do the energy can't get back into the cells so a short time after you've just eaten your body will be again on the lookout for something high calorie and high sugar so that it can start refilling the cells and so the problem is if you're stressed the chances are you will have eaten something and then Shortly afterwards, you'll be thinking, goodness, I'm hungry again. How can I be hungry? And it's because your cortisols are absolutely messing up with your digestion and your insulin, and that's driving you to eat more, which is another reason why we put on weight if we are stressed. Let's stick with our good friend cortisol. And actually, we have to see it as a good friend because without it, we would die. Um, it's one of the very few hormones that we absolutely need to survive. Um, so your body will pretty much do anything to shut off any other process in order to keep your cortisols going. So cortisol is definitely our friend, but we do, I think, mistreat it a little bit by calling on it all the time. So the problem with cortisol and sleep is that it's actually massively important in our sleep cycle. So obviously we are all evolved from cavemen where we woke up when the sun came up and we went to bed when the sun went down. It's the circadian rhythm. And we still have those evolutionary patterns within us. Um, what happens in a normal um, cortisol cycle is that 
uh, your cortisols will basically start to rise from some time from about midnight through to the early hours, peaking at around about six or seven in the morning. That is our signal that it's time to get up. Um, and at that point, it will start to just gradually reduce again um, until around about nine o'clock at night when we should all be feeling sleepy and want to go back to bed. Um, but obviously most of us again, don't really live like this anymore. Um, we often have very disturbed sleep cycles because of the amount of cortisol that we're pumping out during the day. So if you are having a stressful time in your life, your job is particularly stressful, all that's happening is instead of this nice natural dip of cortisol, it's woken you up in the morning and now it should be on that steady, slow decline until um, you should be ready to go to bed. What's happening is the cortisol levels are often too high, meaning around about nine or 10 o'clock when we should be thinking about going to bed, we're often wired. We've been tired throughout the day, so we might have found ourselves drinking caffeine. Um, so the whole cycle gets messed up. And what a lot of people find who are chronically stressed is either they can't fall asleep, even though they haven't been sleeping very well at all, or they do fall asleep and wake up um, at some time in the morning really wide awake. And that's because the cortisol cycle is completely messed up. So again, another reason for us to start really thinking about our stress, because if we don't get enough sleep, that also messes with our um, diet and our ability to lose weight. So if your cortisol levels are messed up and you're not sleeping very well, what tends to happen is the next day you do feel just generally tired all day. Have you ever noticed if you're feeling tired that you just have less willpower? It affects your executive functioning, which means that you are more likely to go for those um, high sugar, high carb snacks. Um, essentially what it is, is your brain is looking for energy and it knows there's a lot of energy in um, a cake or a Mars bar or a biscuit. And that's what you will be tending to go for, even though you know that that's bad for you and you don't really want to do it, but somehow you are overruled. Um, it's really frustrating and a lot of it's to do with the fact that you're absolutely exhausted and you're not functioning very well. The other issue is we've got two hormones that control our hunger. We've got one called leptin, which is released from fat cells. And you get leptin released when the fat cells are emptying and they want you to eat more food. And you've also got ghrelin. And ghrelin is a hormone that's secreted from the stomach when the stomach's empty. Um, and so what happens if you are tired is that there is an increase in both leptin and ghrelin. Your body is basically telling you in many, many different ways, we need more food, we need more energy, we need to eat. There was a really interesting paper written in 2004 by some Stanford scientists where they directly correlated um, your levels of leptin and ghrelin with lack of sleep and therefore with an increased um, body mass index. So sleep is absolutely vital when we are trying to lose weight, maintain weight um, or just get healthier. It cannot be overlooked. We can't have the I'll sleep when I'm dead um, uh, idea anymore. I think that that's another another theory that's going to get blasted out the water. You'll just die sooner if you don't sleep enough, I think is where we can conclude. So having had a quick run through what stress does to our body and how it affects our ability to put weight on or to lose weight, 
um, we do have to start looking much more seriously at where the stress in our life is coming from. Now, I know that during lockdown, many people made decisions. They recognised that their life wasn't how they wanted it to be. And some people um, gave up their jobs or changed jobs or moved, um, but they, they took radical radical decisions in order to take the stress out of their lives, recognising that the way that they were living their life was um, uncomfortable and not the way that they wanted to be. So obviously there's things like that you can do. I think sometimes you have to take a long hard look at your life and think, is the stress I'm putting myself under worth it? Um, and what can I do to help myself? So during my period of stress, I didn't know initially what to do at all. Um, I did try to get rid of the stress by doing huge amounts of exercise. You know, I, I was playing tennis and I remember absolutely belting the ball with everything I had because I was so frustrated and annoyed and that didn't work. Um, all, all that ended up being was I was a terrible tennis player that just hit the ball far too hard and generally not inside the court. So that actually just added to my frustration and didn't take, it, take away from it. Um, then I decided that the best thing to do would be to, to get on my bike and just cycle as hard as I could, hoping that would burn the stress off. But in actual fact, that didn't either. I just felt sort of exhausted and stressed. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing some reading around the subject um, and starting to think about being more mindful and how I could use my mind better to start dealing with my stress that things really started to improve. Um, and the one thing that came out of this whole entire period in my life was that um, I've always had dogs and I love walking my dogs, but I started to use my dog walk as really the way that I was gonna control my stress. Um, and so I will share that with you. Um, I'll share you my, my dog walk. Obviously you don't need to have a dog to, do, to, to, to get the benefits from this. It can just be a walk. Um, and I'll go through what each part of this walk means and why it's incorporated and how easy it is for you to incorporate something similar into your life. So um, the one thing I'll say about my dog walk is that, you know, sometimes we go on holiday and then I don't have my dogs. I go to my beloved uncle and he looks after them. But I, I definitely feel a little bit off kilter when I come back because I haven't had these, these moments of reflection that I use my walk for. So um, my walk comes in three parts. I tend to walk for about an hour. And the first part of the walk is always about feeling grateful. Um, and I remember when I was really stressed, I even found it difficult to feel grateful, which is totally insane when I consider actually how amazing my life is and all the wonderful things that we have in it. Um, so, but I would have to start feeling grateful for the basics because I was in such a, a bad way about everything. So my grateful would always start with, um, well, actually I'm just grateful that I'm, you know, I have a house. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I have shelter. I'm grateful that I can um, have food on my table. I don't have to worry about it. I'm grateful I can feed my kids. I'm grateful my kids are with me. Um, and from there, honestly, it just cascades. When you just start feeling grateful about what you actually have in your life, one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And before you know it, you're kind of almost overwhelmed with, um, with gratitude and happiness. And that is a really great starting point if you're trying to deal with stress. 
What happens in stress is we just tend to hyper-focus on the thing that's bothering us to the extent that nothing else matters. Um, you know, say if you had money worries, you would probably just be focused almost all the time on how am I going to how am I how am I going to pay that bill or you know I, I can't earn any more money or can I work more hours? You can become consumed by the same thoughts, and by being consumed by the same thoughts means you'll never get out of them. By being grateful, you actually break out of the negative thought and start thinking about actually how privileged and fortunate you are. Start thinking about people who have an awful lot less than you do, um, and it actually can start making you feel much more positive about your day going forward so I would always start the first 20 minutes of my walk just being unbelievably grateful for all that I have in my life the next part of the walk is all about being present being present is a really effective way to start dealing with your stress because if you're present you cannot be focused on what you're worried about that's coming up in the future or what you're worried about that's happened in the past you literally just have to be present in that moment. And going on a walk is probably the easiest way to be present because you've given yourself a little bit of space where you shouldn't have to be thinking about other things. And if you find that thoughts are crowding your mind, it's a great way to actually start thinking, no, I'm gonna be present. And the way that I would always start thinking about being present is I would start thinking about my senses. So for instance, if I'm walking, um, I might think about what does, it, what does the ground feel like underfoot? Does it feel squelchy because it's been raining a lot? Um, is it dry and dusty? Is it hard and frosty? Um, and it's just a great, great feeling that you're starting to feel the earth under your feet. Um, it actually is hugely grounding when you start thinking about the fact I am actually standing on the earth under my feet and I, and I feel myself here and I know that I'm here too. I find that a really settling thought. Um, but you know, if you if you've started thinking about what the what the ground feels like, uh, you might then start looking around you and seeing are the buds coming out on on the trees? Um, what's the sky like? I mean, this morning was a, a beautiful, clear, bright blue sky. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then I started listening, and the birds were so noisy. It was like everybody was rejoicing in this perfect early spring morning. Um, and then there was this early morning fern scent um, that I could smell um, as, as you know it's almost like that the, the world is reawakening um, and it was just so amazing and wonderful to be right there in that moment enjoying every minute of it um, and if you can really get focused on that you can't think about the things that are bothering you and it is a moment to reset and allow your body to calm down and allow some of those stresses to get released back again. Um, the third part of my walk was always about my dreams. I mean, I am one of life's great dreamers. I always think that life's very optimistic and rosy and something wonderful is always around the corner for me. So I like to walk around dreaming, you know, what do I want the next thing to be? Um, uh, we're going skiing soon, so I might be thinking about the fact, you know, what, 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 do I, what do I want to do when I'm out skiing? And what's the snow going to be like? I think it's going to be amazing. It's going to be, you know, clear and sunny and amazing. And the snow is going to be somehow fabulous, even though it's going to be really warm. <laughs> I told you I was an optimist. Um, but I'll start, you know, just dreaming about my future. What is it that I'm trying to achieve? Um, you know, what, what do I, what, what is it that I'm trying to build my business into? Um, 
making sure making sure that I've got good good ideas for the whole family really it's a moment to get all excited I think to, to start thinking and plotting your future in the really the most positive way um, and that's another way to start getting rid of stress when you start when you can see a future for yourself and it's a beautiful future um, then that's another way to start letting the stress just starting to roll off your shoulders so this one hour dog walk honestly was my savior because before that I was so I was so wound up and miserable. Life was truly miserable. You know, if you wake up and every waking moment is consumed with your stress and your worry, and there's no there's no other sense of peace because the whole of you is just um, stressed all the time. When you go on a dog walk and you can start to release it because you've got, you've got a moment to, uh, to to just you know be present. You've got a moment to be grateful and you've got a moment to dream. Um, and then when you come back, I promise you, you're feeling so much better. You're feeling alive, awakened, and positive. And those feelings in them, in themselves are going to help push the stress away. So that was the one thing that I did consistently when I was really stressed to help me deal with stress. And I still do it I still take the dog for, for a walk at least three or four times a week and on a Sunday our big treat is that we'll do a massive walk around Bushy Park um, and Hampton Court Palace um, just often just me and my dog um, and interestingly I don't really use this time to listen to podcasts or anything I use this time just to be me um, just to be me and be in nature and just enjoy it um, but you know some people would like like podcasts too um, but I think getting out into nature um, and remembering who we are is really an incredibly important and beneficial thing for us to do for our ongoing health. So thank you again for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it really useful and it's given you some ideas about how to tackle stress. Um, I'd be delighted actually if you did use um, some of my ideas um, and in fact as per usual I am going to give you a little bit of homework so my homework for you this week is find at least one day this week when you go out and you do your own version of my sort of de-stressing dog walk like I said you don't have to have a dog or an animal or anything like that you can go out on your own it doesn't have to be for an hour if you've only got 30 minutes that's fine just chunk it down into um, you know three parts be grateful love your life appreciate all that you have in it um, then be present and appreciate the beautiful world that we live in and then finally just dream big what is it you want to achieve you know we're all still young we've all still got time um, what is it that you want to do and really get into that move moment because I honestly think when you come back after your walk you'll be feeling energized and happy um, and that is really the starting point for us to live a fabulous life so until next week have a very happy and healthy week